Amen. Acts chapter 9. And our text for tonight is at verse 27. The verses before it, we read about those who sought to kill Saul of Tarsus. He sought to seek fellowship with other disciples, but they didn't want him. Then we read, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord. That's why we can refer to Paul as an apostle. It's one of the qualifications of an apostle. You have to see the Lord. And of course we have the eleven disciples who ministered with the Lord. They're now called apostles. And so is Saul or he became known as Paul, the apostle. He saw the Lord. That's why he's referred to as an apostle. You hear voice talking today about being apostles. They're not apostles. <coughs> apostles are those who have seen the Lord. And Paul or Saul saw the Lord. We're told that. How he had seen the Lord in the way. And that they had spoken to him and how it preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus it did not take long for the Lord's words to be fulfilled regarding Saul of Tarsus following his conversion what did the Lord say Acts 9 verse 16 the Lord spoke to Ananias and said, For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And you look there then in verse 23, And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. And again at the end of verse 24, And they watched the gates day and night, what to kill him. And so the Lord's word regarding Paul was fulfilled in a very short time after his conversion he would suffer persecution Paul later wrote to Timothy the son of the faith and he spoke to Timothy as a man speaking from experience <coughs> for 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 there we read yea and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So from that we then gather that Paul lived a godly life in Christ Jesus. That's why he suffered persecution. And he certainly suffered persecution during his stay in Damascus he had gone there originally planning to arrest believers but then they got converted on the way and he stayed in Damascus and he preached the word there in Damascus 
and he also suffered persecution in Damascus and then we see that he returned to Jerusalem verse 26 and when Saul was come to Jerusalem he is said to join himself to the disciple when he was come to Jerusalem so he left Damascus and he returned to Jerusalem I suppose you could say he returned to the scene of his crimes where he had sought to destroy the disciples and those who named the name of Christ chapter 9 verse 21 that all that heard him were amazed and said is not this he that destroyed them was called on the name in Jerusalem the word destroy means to lay waste to lay waste Saul was doing the devil's work when he was in Jerusalem because that's what the prince of darkness would desire his desire is to lay waste the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to destroy that church but of course <coughs> we know Satan will not succeed in his evil plans and purposes as was quoted tonight in the prayer meeting I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it Matthew 16 verse 18 doesn't matter what Satan will endeavor trying to do he'll not succeed the Lord says I will build my church Satan may want to leave the church of Christ a waste and destroy it he'll never succeed praise the Lord as well as his return to Jerusalem we see his rejection in Jerusalem in verse 26 and when Saul was come to Jerusalem he ascended to join himself to the disciples but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple we pointed out last week that word ascend means he kept trying he kept trying it was good that he wanted to be in the company of God's servants and so it is with us believers should always seek out and keep company of God's people but here we see that Paul or Saul when he was in Jerusalem he sought to join himself to the disciples and it says he has said or he kept trying the word means he kept trying and surely that was persecution in itself no one likes to be shunned especially by fellow believers and so there was Saul in Jerusalem sought to join himself to the Lord's disciples with God's people and they didn't want him they were afraid of him and didn't believe he was a disciple or didn't believe he was a Christian 
So he returned to Jerusalem. He was rejected in Jerusalem. And then you have the reason there in Jerusalem. We are told the reason why he was rejected by the disciples. They were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. Does this not prove how Saul of Tarsus terrorized the saints in Jerusalem before his conversion? They were afraid of him. And they didn't believe he was one of the Lord's disciples. There was a dread amongst those disciples. And indeed a disbelief. No doubt those disciples had indeed been praying to the Lord that souls would be saved in Jerusalem. And then when the Lord saved the chief of sinners they couldn't believe it. It's not the same as us. We pray to the Lord to save sinners and when he answers and souls are saved we are surprised. Pleasantly surprised of course. Can't believe what God has done. So there was Saul of Tarsus in Jerusalem and no one would accept him. But then we read those lovely words. But Barnabas took him. I love those words. It just seems to sum up the life, the character of this man Barnabas. When no one else wanted Saul of Tarsus, including the other saints in Jerusalem, it says, but Barnabas took him. Here is the friend in need. Saul needed a friend. And Barnabas became that friend. A friend in need is a friend indeed. And Barnabas proved to be that friend indeed for Saul of Tarsus. I want to look at this man, Barnabas. I know we have looked at him when I did the series on the lesser knowns. But there's so much about this man's life that we want to consider. And we look at Barnabas in relation to Saul of Tarsus. First of all, we notice Barnabas was a helpful man. A helpful man. What a lovely, godly individual this Barnabas was. He was everything you would expect to find in a Christian. We see his helpfulness. First of all, we read he took Paul or he took Saul. There he was helpful. Nobody else wanted Saul. But Barnabas took him. So we see then <coughs> he took Saul when the disciples in Jerusalem refused to accept Saul into their fellowship and into their company <coughs> we read those lovely words but Barnabas took him this was typical of the man that he was there was there was a warmth with Barnabas 
there was a welcoming attitude with Barnabas there was a willingness with Barnabas he was willing to help this new convert and of course every church every Christian church needs helpers Barnabas was a helper certainly a helper in the church there in Jerusalem if you turn to 1 Corinthians the chapter 12 1 Corinthians 12 and there we read in verse 28 and God well let's read verse 27 now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular Paul speaking about the believers and he's saying you're all members of the body of Christ you're sealed now verse 28 and God has set some in the church first apostles secondly prophets or preachers thirdly teachers after that miracles then gifts of healing look at this next word helps governments diversities of tongues or languages that's what it means doesn't mean anything else languages and so the Lord, or Paul said, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healing, and helps. Helps. Every church needs helps. Every church needs helpers. That word, helps, is a word that means supporting that's what Barnabas was doing in the church in Jerusalem in more ways than one he was helping he was supporting the work of the Lord by taking Saul he took him we should always be helpers in the Lord's work in the house of God saying what can I do to help it was good last week during the week of meetings the many who helped and the little things after the meeting was over just tidying up wiping down the hymnals and just different things that were done helps that's a good attitude to have. what can I do to help that's what we should be that's what Barnabas was he was a helper Take a closer look at how Barnabas helped the work of God. He helped financially. You go back to Acts chapter 4. <coughs> Acts 4, verse 36. And Joseph who by the apostles 
will turn in Barnabas. Mark those words, we'll be referring to them shortly. The apostles named him Barnabas. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. In other words, he was a helper. He helped financially. He supported the Lord's work in Jerusalem financially. We see him as a helper. Likewise, we're all to be helpers financially in the Lord's work in the church where the Lord has called us to serve him. Not necessarily, of course, to sell lands or anything like that, but we're to support the work financially. He also supported the work not only financially, but physically. Physically. For when Barnabas took him, when Barnabas took Saul, he was giving physical help. The word there, took him, when Barnabas took him. What that word took? <coughs> the word means to take hold. To take hold. He took hold of Saul. Nobody else wanted him. But here we have Barnabas and he took hold of Paul. So when no one else wanted him, Barnabas took hold of him. There was a certainly no reluctance on the part of Barnabas but he received Saul enthusiastically he took hold of them we could say that he extended to Saul the right hand of fellowship and he did so with a firm grip I've heard people over the years of my ministry talk about shaking hands with ministers of various denominations, thankfully not ours but the old apostate denomination, they shake hands with a minister and they say it's like shaking hands with a fish <laughs> there's, no, there's no firm grip but here we see how Barnabas took hold of Saul he took him with a firm hand grip extending the right hand of fellowship and that's one area in which we can all be helpers we're always praying that the Lord will bring visitors in and when the Lord brings visitors in we can help by making those visitors feel welcome now I know there's a reluctance because of this old pandemic a reluctance in shaking hands but you know what I mean Paul or uh, Barnabas took the hand of Saul with a firm hand grip he welcomed him he gave him a warm welcome 
and when we have visitors here let us let us extend to them the right hand of fellowship say we're glad to see you thanks for coming we trust you'll come back again we trust you're blessed you were blessed here today that's how we can help we can help we can all be helpers as Paul said there to the believers in the church at Corinth helps so he helped financially he helped physically and without a doubt he helped spiritually Barnabas certainly lived up to his name we have seen there in, in Acts 4 verse 36 the apostles gave him a surname Barnabas we read there in that verse Joseph who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas which is being interpreted the son of consolation isn't that interesting they knew what kind of a man Barnabas was and so they gave him a name that really described who he was and what he was they named him Barnabas the son of consolation that's who Barnabas was the son of consolation the word consolation is a word that can mean to console someone mean to comfort it can mean to encourage isn't it interesting that they give Barnabas that name because they could see this man Joseph was one who consoled and comforted and encouraged others so they called him Barnabas the son of consolation and here we see how the son of consolation took Saul and comforted him consoled him encouraged him spiritually sure there's no Christian that doesn't need to be consoled at times there's no Christian who doesn't need to be comforted at times there's no Christian who doesn't need to be encouraged at times let us then let us then be sons of consolation and when you look at Barnabas he was a man who was like Christ Simeon in Luke chapter 2 verse 25 <coughs> spoke of him as one who willed for the consolation of Israel the consolation of Israel was Christ same word the consolation of Israel and here we have Barnabas the son of consolation he was a Christ like man believer let us strive to be Christ like let us strive to be like the son of consolation let us strive to be like the one who is the consolation of Israel let us strive to be helpers in the Lord's work 
and then the house of God. So we see that he took Saul. Next, his help is seen when he testified for Saul. The disciples in Jerusalem were afraid of Saul because they believed not that he was a disciple. Verse 26. They didn't believe that he was a converted man. But Barnabas had no doubts about Saul's salvation. When we see what he said about him. Verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. <coughs> Notice when he testified about Saul it was all about Christ when he was talking about Saul of Tarsus you notice it was all about the Lord Jesus because he said he had seen the Lord in the way he had spoken to him and he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. It's all about Christ. That's why Barnabas showed no reluctance in extending the right hand of fellowship to Saul because his life was all about Christ. And I tell you, when you look at a person's life, and his life is all Christ you'll have no doubt that that individual is a saved person and here was Saul and in his testimony Barnabas spoke about Saul and all that he said about had all to do with the Lord Jesus he spoke about the Lord and meeting the Lord in the way. He spoke about the Lord and his word he spoke to. He spoke about the Lord and his witness. Saul's witness. He prayed boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. He testified about Saul meeting the Lord. He had seen the Lord in the way. So he spoke about Saul meeting the Lord. He spoke about his message from the Lord because he had spoken to him. And he testified also of his ministry for the Lord because he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Barnabas had no doubt Saul of Tarsus was a saved man no doubt he was a converted man he had seen the Lord 
He received a word from the Lord and he preached the Lord. He preached Christ. There was no doubt this man's soul was a new creature in Christ Jesus. <coughs> and here we see <coughs> from the earliest days of his conversion <coughs> pardon me from the earliest days of his conversion his life was all about Christ it surely is not surprising that Paul said later of himself he said for to me to live is Christ to die is to him and here we see how Saul of Tarsus began his life for Christ for to me to live as Christ he did that from the moment he was saved from the moment he was converted and Barnabas testified to that his life was all to do with Christ so we see the help Barnabas <coughs> was to Paul first of all he took him and then he testified about him and then that was followed by the threat against Saul even though there were threats upon his life Saul did not change his message he didn't mellow in any way not at all he didn't hold back in what he was preaching verse 27 we just read he preached boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus and he was with them coming in and going out of Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus now he didn't mellow at all preach Christ with boldness even though there was a threat upon his life even though they wanted to kill him he still kept at it still kept preaching Christ and preaching with a holy boldness <clears throat> we know of course that any that such forthright bold preaching will stir up the devil's crowd of course it will and that's what happened here because we read he disputed against the Grecians and they went about to slay him this was the same crowd that had plotted and planned the death of Stephen and now they had saw in their sights even though he had supported them in the stoning of Stephen but he's a new creature now so these Greek speaking Jews wanted to deal with Paul in the same manner they dealt with Stephen and this simply demonstrates the hatred they have for Christ and his truth <coughs> nothing has changed <coughs> Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9 
There is no new thing <coughs> under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. And the hatred that was evident in the days of Saul of Tarsus is most certainly evident today. There's a hatred for Christ. There's a hatred for his truth. But no matter what man thinks, we must continue to preach Christ and him crucified. Whatever man thinks, whatever man says, whatever man does. So the disciples had not accepted Saul, sent him forth to Tarsus. And those who had accepted him, sent him forth now to Tarsus. <coughs> so he's returning home. Verse 30 which when the brethren knew they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus so we have considered Barnabas a helpful man next Barnabas a holy man and for that we must go to Acts 11 because that's where we meet with Barnabas and Saul again over in Acts 11 in between you have the ministry of Peter but here in Acts 11 and verse 22 then tidings of these things <coughs> came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch what had happened in Antioch? Many were converted through the preaching of the Lord Jesus. Verse 20. Verse 20. There was a breath of revival in Antioch. And whenever the news reached the church in Jerusalem, who did they send to encourage the new saints in Antioch? Why? None other than Barnabas. There you have this man consistent life to encourage the new believers they immediately thought of Barnabas and we read they sent Barnabas who he should go as far as India who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all with that with purpose of heart they should cleave unto the Lord. You see, first of all, regarding Barnabas, a holy man, you see, he was a sent man. They sent Barnabas from Jerusalem to Antioch. The new believers needed to be encouraged to go on with God. And it's an interesting that Barnabas was the one who was sent to encourage them. The man who had encouraged Saul. The son of consolation. The man who had seen such encouragement, had been such an encouragement 
to Saul after his conversion. Isn't it good to be recognized as an encourager? Without a doubt, Barnabas was always recognized as an encourager, as we pointed out. That's why he was given that name. From Joseph, the disciples, the apostles, surnamed him Barnabas, the son of Consolation. They gave him that name because that's what he was. And here once again in the church of Jerusalem, he's recognized as an encourager. He's seen as the son of Consolation. And they sent him to Antioch to encourage the new believers. They recognized him as an encourager. May we be all be recognized as encouragers. Those who will encourage others and encourage one another. He's the son of consolation. And that's what he was to those new believers. He comforted them encouraged them to go on with God what a lovely Christian man Barnabas was we read there <coughs> that he exhorted them verse 23 who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all now wait a minute exhorted what do you know that word exhorted is the same Greek word translated consolation he exhorted them he consoled them he encouraged them to go on with God the very meaning of his own name son of consolation and that was the very work he was doing for the Lord there in Antioch let us be Barnabases in this regard encouragers encouraging believers as well as him being sent <coughs> we see that he was spiritual look again verse 23 who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they should cleave unto the Lord and he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the Lord oh there's so much there in those verses about Barnabas he was a spiritual man he was a sent man he was sent from Jerusalem to Antioch he was a spiritual man we've just read that he was a good man full of the Holy Ghost and faith Regarding him being a spiritual man, notice he was a glad man. We're told 
that the tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem verse 22 and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch and when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad he was a glad man what was it that gladdened him what was it that made him glad when he saw what the grace of God had done in the lives of individuals there in Antioch he was glad that tells us that he was a spiritual man he rejoiced in spiritual things He didn't go to Antioch and was glad with worldly things in Antioch. That's not what gladdened him. Spiritual things gladdened him. And he saw the grace of God in the new converts and he was glad. He was a glad man. Let it be the same with us. May it be a spiritual things that gladden our hearts and bless our souls. Not only was he a glad man, he was a good man. Barnabas, we are told, exhorted them all that they, with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. Then the next sentence reads, For he was a good man. He was a man who would be a blessing in any church he was a good man as the Savior himself said Matthew 12 verse 35 a good man a good man the Lord used the same word a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things mark that the repeat repetition of the word good a good man out of the good treasure of his heart will bring forth good things Barnabas brought forth good things out of the good treasure of his heart he was a good man here again we see he was like the saviour for we read in Acts 10 verse 38 that he went about doing good for God was with him and from the moment we're introduced to Barnabas he was going about doing good and without a doubt God was with him he was a glad man he was glad at spiritual things he was a good man he was a godly man because it is written of him he was full of the Holy Ghost and of faith isn't that what God's people are exhorted to be be not drunk with wine wherein is access but be filled with the spirit spirit of God Ephesians 5 and verse 18 
Oh, how much more could be accomplished in our lives, an individual life, if we were filled with the Holy Ghost and with faith, because we're told, without faith, it is impossible to please Him, that is to please God. It is impossible to please God, Hebrews 11 and 6. Well, Barnabas was full of the Holy Ghost, he certainly pleased the Lord, for he was full of faith. He was a sent man, spiritual man, he was a serving man. We have seen how he served the Lord when he arrived in Antioch. He exhorted them with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. So the Lord used him to comfort the saints. Ah, but the Lord used him not only to comfort the saints but to convert sinners. That's what we read in verse 24. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and the faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. He was a soul winner. How mightily Barnabas was used of the Lord in Antioch to win souls. As Daniel tells us in Daniel 12, verse 3, they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Then he turn sinners to righteousness, they'll shine as the stars in heaven forever and ever. Oh, that we might all serve the Lord and seek to be soul winners. Solomon has said, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Proverbs 11, verse 30. Believer, Strive to be a soul winner. Sow beside all waters, sow the gospel seed. Hear a word in season, there a loving deed. Sinners to the Saviour, be it ours to lead. He that winneth souls is wise. We've considered Barnabas the helpful man. Barnabas the holy man. We close with Barnabas, the humble man. Of course, he would be humble. Being such a godly, spiritual individual that he was, he would be humble. No surprise then, from what we have learned about him, that he's a humble man. We're told that he went to Tarsus to seek his friend Saul. Verse 25. And then departed Barnabas to Tarsus to seek Saul, his friend in me, his friend indeed. And then brought him back to Antioch with him. And there the two of them ministered together. Verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. <coughs> How mightily Barnabas was used of the Lord there in Antioch. Souls were saved. And then he and Saul got together and ministered for a full year, ministering and teaching those who were there. 
last Saturday we read which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas what's that all about there was a famine in the land that affected the church in Jerusalem and those in Antioch did what they could and sent money, sent a gift to the church in Jerusalem to help those who were suffering from the famine and here we have his task his task he and Saul were the ones who were sent with the gift now think of it that the ministry for a year preaching the word and ministering and seeing soul saved and now they've been asked to take a gift from Antioch to Jerusalem they've been asked just to be as it were message boys that speaks to us of the humility of Barnabas many another person would have said I'm not doing that get somebody else to do the like of that I'm an evangelist I'm a teacher I'm a preacher get somebody else to do that no that didn't come across the lips of Barnabas he and Saul two friends they became messengers they were already messengers of the gospel but now they're messengers with gifts for the church Jerusalem let us take that to heart Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 whatsoever they hand find it to do do it do it do it with thy might do it as unto the Lord no matter how humble and menial the task may be do it with all thy might and simply say yes I'll do it all for Jesus I'll do it all for Jesus I'll do it all for Jesus why? because he's done so much for me praise the Lord you the task and you have the two for Barnabas and Saul they were together in this simple task but sure isn't that the way it ought to be they labored together when they ministered the word there in Antioch now they're together delivering a gift to the church in Jerusalem that's the way it ought to be Paul said 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 for we are laborers together with God we are laborers together with God and should not encourage us to do what we can no matter, my hum- no matter how humble and menial the task may be we labor together with God God's with us God is with us 
We're not only doing it for God, but we're doing it with God. Such was this man Barnabas, truly a friend in need. And he was indeed to Saul, a friend indeed. What a lovely man he was. I love reading about Barnabas. Enjoyed studying his life. May the Lord, as it were, make us all sons of consolation, encouragers of others, comforting others, consoling others, doing what we can, being helpers in the house of God, in the Lord's work, just being helpers. What can I do to help? The Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's bow in prayer. Our dear Lord, we bless thee for men like Barnabas. What a lovely individual he was. Lovely Christian man. Humble and holy and helpful. A comforter, an encourager. Lord, make us more like him. Make us more like his saviour. Because he was a most Christ-like man. Lord, bless the word to our hearts this evening. May we indeed take it in and live it out in our lives. Be with us, Lord, throughout this week. Keep us safe and well and healthy, we pray. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be our abiding portion now forevermore. Amen. <laughs>